top of the morning to you, laddies. This is the Comic Bookies Podcast, live episode 104. Nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mike and Mark of the Comic Bookies Podcast, here live on YouTube and Twitch, recording episode 104. Welcome in, welcome all. Uh, This week, starting in comic books, we have DC, Marvel, actually a short stack this week, so a short comic book talk, but we are ready for it. In other news, finally, finally, as we record right now, everyone should be watching the Snyder Cut of Justice, the Justice League Snyder Cut in a couple of hours. Disneyland announces it will open at the end of April. We have all the info for you. Kevin Foggy, he puts all of the rumors on Chris Evans to rest. Toys R Us, one of our favorite stores as kids, is mounting a comeback. And Netflix, uh-uh-uh. Netflix is shutting up, password sharing down. And over on the sports side, it's madness, baby! March Madness is here starting this Friday. We love it. We are here to talk about it. NFL free agent frenzy. Can't get enough of it. And, of course, NASCAR is down in the dirty, dirty south in Atlanta Motor Speedway. So come join us for episode 104. Thank you so much. Hey, and you know what? Come celebrate our two-year anniversary episode. Let's go. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 104 of the Comic Bookies podcast, our two-year anniversary episode. Thank you all so much for joining in. This episode, like every single week, is brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today, the 17th of March, 2021, St. Patrick's Day. Go and get your pull list going. Go and grab all of those books that you want and desire from Alex. Good guy, good shop, good times. Mark, we are missing a guy. Sean is not here this week. Uh, the Mickey Mouse that all these live viewers see up top—that's not Sean. So what's going? <laughs> what's going down? I, I only have to ask, "How are you doing?" to one person this week. What's up, bro? We might be missing a guy, but thank God we—you are not missing an eye after that debacle oh you God. had. If the fans might have seen it on Batcave minutes on the Comic Bookies uh, YouTube uh, page. Our channel this week. Uh, you guys want to check it out because our co-host here, Mike, had a mishappening, but thank goodness he is good to go this week. He can record. He's just got uh, a little uh, Rudolph-looking schnoz over there, yeah, but uh, nice little gash. <laughs> I mean, if you, it, it was crazy. It was just a just a, a freak. Just like a part fell on my, you know, fell, fell on, on my me. a part fell, fell on, on me. me. I'm already getting a NASCAR. Sorry, I'm already getting a NASCAR talk. But no, a part fell on me. Thank God I do wear glasses, you know, safety glasses every single day. So nothing like that hopefully will ever happen to my eyes. But yeah, it didn't feel too good. It kind of felt like my eyes started to water. It felt like I broke my nose, but thank God it didn't. And the thing I'm worried about the most, the one thing I was worried about the most, absolute most, is it's my anniversary on Friday. We're going out finally. First time ever me and my wife get to go out since damn near a year ago. And I do that. So no selfie. She's not going to want to be seen with this freaking beast you know, I'm going to have to put my mask up. Like, I'll be able to eat, but my mask will be able to be like this. I'll be like, be able to eat and drink like this, but my mask will be like this to cover my freaking schnoz. 
or you can just bring that Bruce Wayne uh, Batman mask that you had on the on on Batcave Menace as well. I'm sure that would hide it. I, I mean, right I don't there. know if it, I, I don't know if it will pass for a for a COVID safety guidance mask, <laughs> but uh, you can at least try, right? But nonetheless, yes. Michael, oh, I will admit it does look a lot better tonight as we record on St. Patrick's Day compared to when you shot that video a night or two ago. But uh, yeah. Sure. I'm just glad that you're here, and uh, cheers, guys. Like I said, it might not be Irish whiskey, but it is some whiskey, American. So happy St. Patrick's Day to all our uh, fellow Irishmen out there, everybody out there um, celebrating. But it's actually crazy because for some reason I felt like I heard more noise about St. Pa- I heard more noise, Mike, about St. Patrick's Day last year during covid shutdown because obviously it was brand new it was about yeah. a week until we went it was like a week after we went into sheltering in place so everyone was kind of gearing up to have a saint patrick's day celebration and it didn't happen and i felt like i heard way more about saint patrick's day last year than i do this year this year i felt like it was just a blip on the radar no one mentioned it even though you know a lot of counties a lot of states a lot of counties and what have you are starting to come back into the mix of things and opening up we heard that amc is going to open up 29 a new or not sorry not new but 29 existing um movie theaters in la county so that's good to hear you mentioned disneyland so we are getting back on the opening thing end of things but we just didn't hear much about a saint patrick's day i mean i don't know if it's just where i'm at or if people are kind of I think it's it just, is because knowing that a lot of states like Florida, Tennessee, a lot of southern states, uh, Texas, like they've really been for the most part opened up, you know, since like the summertime of last year, you know, like with Disney World opening up in July of last year, I would assume that this year is just another night, just another year. Maybe they have to wear masks at these places. Maybe there's a limited capacity, but I think still with slowly but surely opening up in California, a lot of people were still weary about going out and celebrating the actual day. I know my dad went, he went to first street ale house in li- downtown Livermore to have some corned beef and cabbage. You know, he, he goes there. I think, I think he goes with a couple customers or maybe just, I don't know he goes by himself, but I was pretty jealous that he got to do that. But I mean, it's going to look a lot different next year. At least 2022 is going to look a lot. It's going to look more similar to t- 2019 slash 2020 kind of, you know, where are fans on the East Coast? Probably Massachusetts, if you will. Mike, where would you say probably the biggest contingency of Irish uh, mm. of Irish folk is around in this probably country? Probably Boston. Boston probably area. Probably Boston area. But then they color the – there's probably enough Irish people in the city. I mean it, it is tradition. But Chicago, they color that uh, – the Chicago – I don't know if it's called the Chicago River or whatever. But they color it green. For like a whole couple days or a week, so I'm sure there's a bunch well, of parties going out out there. Yeah, uh, the river going through downtown. That's Lake Michigan. I know it's Chicago's next to Lake Michigan, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the river Correct. or whatnot. But uh, Chicago, Chicago, and people out there, let us know. Yeah, uh, you know what? It reminds me of that little canal that we took the um, the pontoon boat in Miami. It reminds me of that, like all oh, the high rise buildings, Bay. and then we we go through the little. Yeah, it reminded me of that a little bit. So you've been to Chicago, Mike? No, um, actually, <laughs> funny. I have the Nordic Track bike, 
and I recently finished a four or five workout series of, uh, uh, you know, a tour God. through Chicago. <laughs> so I <laughs> got to ride my, my Nordic track is. bike through the streets of Chicago for like five nights. It was cool. <laughs> and it just had to be paid. They had the, the water painted green during your tour on the Nordic track. They did not, but I, kn- but I've known for years that, that, that that's what they do for St. Patrick's day. So probably happy St. Same, Patrick's day to everyone. Probably the on- same place that they do that damn polar plunge at or whatever too. God, maybe, I don't so, know. I would say it's probably Lake Michigan. But uh, anyway, man, continue on. Yeah, so let's get into the comic book. So uh, let's. So this week, so actually two straight weeks, we've had kind of like a, a low uh, stack. Definitely. I mean, we have our, you know, we're grateful to have the sponsorship from Treasure Island Comics. And so I'm trying to go in there and, and get some handful of books to actually, you know, pay for some stuff. But over on the DC side, we have, again, like I've been saying, DC has all but like one writer is brand new. Um, on these stories, you have James Tiny and still on Batman, but now you have Tom Taylor starting Nightwing number 78, Brian Michael Bendis starting Justice League 59. Catwoman may be the same. I don't know if Joelle Jones is still doing Catwoman. I know she's doing uh, Wonder Girl. That's yeah, Wonder Girl starting in like April or May. But Catwoman 29, Superman Red and Blue number one. And this is how this is how small DC stack was. First of all, Antarctic Press had more books come out today than DC. But here's another one. Looney Tunes number 259 came out today via DC. Over on the Marvel side, you had Thor 13, X-Force 18, Sword 4. Captain Marvel 27 and Iron Man 7. Uh, speaking of Antarctic Press, our Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights number three, the third and final issue of that story. Can't wait to pick that up and read it. Image, Radiant Black 2 for Sean, and Headlopper number 15, one of my favorite titles of a book. Over on the Image's Skybound side, we have Walking Dead Deluxe number 11 and a new book. Hopefully it's still on the shelf when I go Saturday to pick up my book, but Ultra Mega number one. Uh, Boom Studios, Abbott 1973 number three, the uh, Expanse, number four, and Origins, number five. And finally, our favorite small publisher besides SourcePoint Press, AWA Erratic, number four, is the only offering for them this week. Uh, Mark, let's get into it, bro. A little bit of a comic book uh, you know, discussion. What are you excited for this week that you just picked up today? Or what are like, what did you like from last week, sir? Yeah, you asked me that during the week. I looked it up, and I mean, I I saw that I wasn't getting much this week, guys. I would say that, obviously, I'm most excited for you guys got it right here. If you guys are looking live, Hot Valley Days and Cocaina Nights. Uh, Great, great book. Supposedly, Mike, it's based on a true story, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. Um, I don't know too much about, you know, how true the story is or who the people even are, but... I'll tell you this, a three issue series that has kind of came is going to come to a conclusion after I read this book right here. Kind of sad about it, man. I think that this book could have been one of those, you know, five or six. Uh, it could have been one of those five or six issues. Right. Um, Lost I think. Book. <laughs> yeah, it's just folding over like the series is about to end. But. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, nah, but uh, I'm excited about this one, as I also am uh, Resistance. That one's pretty cool based on like the Cold War type area. But yeah, man, I, I was kind of looking through, uh, you know, the, the website that I go through to see my upcoming books and whatnot. And I'm kind of uh, slim pickings this week, guy. Uh, what what are you looking forward to, brother? Um, I haven't picked them up yet, but I'm excited for, I don't know. I, 
I want to pick up the first issue of Nightwing and see how it is from Tom Taylor, but I already have on the pool list going forward the Justice League number 59 from Brian Michael Bendis. It's probably what I'm most excited for. The Erratic book from AWA is pretty good. It's a five-issue miniseries. It has like the legs to be like a longer ongoing because it's kind of like a slow burn. So hopefully these last two issues are good. Um, and Thor. Thor has been kind of up and down for me, so I'm not really too excited about it. Um, I think this is... One, I have one or two more issues of this current arc, so I mean, we'll see how they finish it up. Uh, that's, but that's about it for my well, stack. If it, for, makes, like, if this it makes you a little bit happier about Nightwing, Michael, I will admit that I did ask uh, our sponsor Alex about that book. I mm-hmm. was thinking about maybe picking it up, like I mentioned, kind of low on the list this week. Thinking about maybe picking something up that I haven't gotten used to yet, but. He kind of told me mm, maybe it wasn't probably going to be as good as I or he and would have expected. So I kind of shied away from it, to be honest with you. So yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd imagine you with a slim week, you'll probably pick it up being the aficionado that you are. But, yeah, um, yeah I think that uh, I think it has potential to do pretty mm-hmm. good. I mean, Tom Taylor, he ain't no slack. Right. Guy can write. The question I got for you, Mike, coming into these new books, you mentioned that, dude, it seems like every writer is almost different besides maybe you're questioning Catwoman. And obviously we got Tynion still on Batman adding Mm -hmm. on to that Joker. We'll get into it in a little bit. Joker was awesome, in my opinion. But you guys are going to have to hear from that. Mike, I ask you, uh, Superman, that's being written by someone else, obviously, right? Because I think it was Bendis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Bendis is off of both Action and Superman, and the same guy, I think it's three names as well, I can't remember the name, um, but he's both on Superman and Action Comics. Okay, and I'm waiting for my action to come in, because like I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, I'm surprised that with the Infinite Zero starting off already, that I haven't gotten my Flash, I haven't gotten my Detective, I haven't gotten my Action, kind of pretty big books that I would thought that DC would have brought into the fold already, but here they are with uh, bringing in um, Nightwing and some Harley and the Justice League and what have you, and Joker, which that uh, with, uh, sorry, we'll get into that later again. I keep on. That's how much I want to talk about that damn Joker story. I know. Right? <laughs> the thing, the thing about Nightwing is, and Tom Taylor, I read Injustice. I've read Deceased. I've read a lot of his stuff. That's like off continuity. That's not really. It's like a side story that he doesn't. You know, you don't have to like. It's just a side story, you know, like DC zombie. It's like zombies in the DC universe or uh, injustice starts off with the Joker killing Lois Lane and then Superman killing the Joker. And then for the whole series, for like three or four years worth of books, it's like Batman and Superman fighting against each other. So it's like something you would never see out of a normal Nightwing action Batman Harley Quinn comic book. So I'm interested to see what he does with the Nightwing. Not getting a good vibe so far as, you know, as Alex. Did Alex say that he actually read it? Mm, I he did. I can't quote him on that. He did not mention it to me. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's still copies on the shelf, I'm going to grab it on Saturday. I'm going to see for myself. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm always interested in Tom Taylor. We'll see what he has to, to give and offer me as far as on continuity. But um, before I get to Joker, not much. The thing that I do want to say, Mike, is that Mm -hmm. I was thinking of picking it up also just because of the way that DC has kind of transformed their book. We mentioned it a couple episodes back, maybe on 101 or 102, but I mentioned how they are going to come out with these books. They're going to be like 10 pages longer. They're going to cost like I think a dollar more, if I'm not mistaken. They are $4.99, but yet – 
you are getting you are getting an extra story at the end. The one thing that I'm not too high on is the fact that if I read the punchline in the Joker book, how come I got to get the next punchline story in, like, say, the Nightwing book or something or a Catwoman book, a book that I'm not already subscribed to, but say I do like the punchline story so I can kind of see how DC is kind of fixing it in for you to, like, kind of get hooked on the story but then in order to get the end of that story or the middle of that story you're going to have to maybe get another book that you would have never gotten before a la like nightwing or justice league for me right but then that may that might make me want to get one so are they they doing that though like is they are doing that i mean so punchline's not good not just going to be in the joker stories it's going to go and go off into other ones so if you go and you look and you go back and you see where the punchline story, it's going to say at the oh, very end, that. it says continued. Um, what is it? Sorry, I can't find it right now. But yeah, they're not going to be com- completely on the same story, Mike. That's one thing that I noticed. I don't know where I noticed it at this point, but I mentioned it to Alex today and he said, yes, it is going to be like that. And uh, I mean, I don't see it as a horrible thing like i said they're saving us money on one end but at the end of the day mike they're gonna get it on the other end because if you like these stories they're gonna make you probably i'm not gonna say they're gonna make you but it's kind of gonna fall for it but if they say there's a story right uh, let's put it into my perspective i'm not we'll talk talk about the punchline let's just say punchline was it good enough for you to go pick up catwoman number x uh in next month because issue two of that side story is in that one punchline was not i don't believe that the punchline story was good enough do i think that the robin story that came out prior with the batman with the 106 batman at the end of that do i think that was a little bit better than the punchline that came out mike yes i do now would i be more enticed to go see say that okay let's just say that the robin hood story came out next on a justice league i haven't gotten no justice league i'm not too familiar with it i know that bendis is going to be writing it now so now knowing all that and knowing that okay i like that robin story maybe i'm gonna pick up the justice league just to follow along with it i know that my co-host is gonna be reading it and maybe i'll just get into it and i can get that robin hood story at the end of it now with the punchline story if I know that it's going to come out on the Catwoman story and I'm not that too, you know, trying to get much into Catwoman or whatnot and the punchline story was just okay, I'd probably shy away from that more. So I think there's going to be a little mixing and matching here that DC is going to have to do within their stories to try to link up the ones that they want to with the ones that that they think can sell with the ones that actually make sense uh in the storylines going forward but i mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited i think that alex said that they they cut like 30 30 something stories down to the teens like 17 yeah. or something like that so i mean i think you are going to be saving money whether or not you want to think about it or not but you are because you obviously have less books you're just some of these uh stories just aren't going to be as big you're going to be bigger stories with just a smaller story at the end of us you know maybe like a side character but i mean i'm excited man i'm not saying that i'm gonna run out and go get all these books because of what's happening at the end of them or what the little story on the five seven page at the end is telling me to do but uh we'll see man i'm definitely open to my i'm definitely keeping my options open though well hopefully they don't hopefully they have something to where it's 
only a few issues of that side story, and then they go ahead and open it up to a full story that stars them. Because I know specifically Robin, he's getting his own story like next month or in May or something. So maybe that will lead into, you know, we we did read at the end of Batman, and then we saw that, oh, it's going to be in Detective. I think that's where you saw it. The next Robin story was going to be continued into Detective. So, but... Correct. But the, pun- but, the pun- but the punchline specifically, it just says coming up next, then this the title of the story. So hopefully it's in the Joker, you know, because I'm not going to fall for that. I don't think any story that's going to be like 10 pages is going to be good enough for me to like go and get something else that I don't have. But and, and you're right. I mean, don't quote me exactly on my uh, my thoughts on that, because you were right. I did not see something with punchline it, with uh, Robin. You are definitely correct that it is going to be. Uh, continued in uh, detective and that might just be something that dc might be kind of doing oh we know if you're getting batman uh, we'd probably say that 80 90 percent of the people that are getting batman are getting detective right so it's mm-hmm. kind of easy to kind of work those two in together as if you're trying to work a joker a brand new book that just came out with one issue and you're trying to work it into like a nightwing that's not too popular you know in the dc realm but i, I see where yeah. you're going with that brother yeah, just to run it down before we get to Joker, um, Superman was pretty good. Um, Rorschach, the black label, it was okay. It's kind of like an in between, not really an in between. It was it was actually pretty cool. It was, it was a couple of letters, people writing letters back and forth to each other. It was kind of cool. Strange Academy was like an in between one, kind of a putting a an end to one kind of arc, and then issue number I think that was nine. Yes, so number ten's not coming out until Cinco de Mayo. So I like how some of these books are taking breaks. Kind of giving me a break from my ten book weeks or nine book weeks or whatever. But one thing before I get to Joker, I did I was kind of concerned about. I I don't know if you look at DC Connect like the previews for DC specifically. I did notice that at least the last three did not have an upcoming uh, Black Label series. So hopefully those cuts that you said like from all the way down to like seventeen stories. Hopefully they still continue to give me you know. Um. Uh, black label books because i hope that they you know because if it's just going to be the ones that i'm getting now where it's like a pg-13 book not going to be too happy about that because i'm thoroughly enjoying most of these black label books yeah i think that black label might be not obviously put on a hiatus but i think that they're kind of so focused on that infinite frontier uh saga that they got going on now that you might be right mike i don't know how much how much of the black label we're going to be receiving coming forward. We know that we got obviously Catwoman or Batwoman, Catwoman. That's been pretty decent. I would say in my opinion from Tom King and also from Tom King and Mr. Gerard's that we uh, hope to have on the podcast. Mr. Gerard's, if you can hear us out (laughs) there, (laughs) if he's our one viewer right now, jump on. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, no, Tom King is bringing it so far with the black label. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes I wait. Is Harley is the Sean Murphy black label? The Harley Quinn that's mm-hmm. black yeah. label, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah, I mean we're still getting a couple black we're labels. Still getting current ones. I mean we still like, have Rorschach, and we still have the other history of the DC universe, the Harley Quinn one, Strange Adventures. But it's, um, but it's but I'm it's sorry. Tw- I, and I think I said Strange Adventures, or did I say Strange Academy for the I one, the Marvel one? Strange Academy, yeah. Okay, it's good, good, Academy. good. Sometimes I get them mixed up, but yeah, Strange Adventures is black label. So at least that's at least four books right now. It's currently black label. I'm just concerned that in April, May, June, or whatever, we're not getting any new ones starting. So I hope that they just didn't completely, you know, put the kibosh on that. I have to look that up. 
Well, right. yeah, and it's it's 2021, brother. So don't you forget. I mean, we're living in an impa- an impatient world. We we're not even done with like the we're not even done with the seventh or eighth book of Strange Adventures, but we're still looking forward to capturing yeah. our minds, right? <laughs> yeah. So Proctor Valley Road, dude. How'd you how'd you like that? I think I was the only one out of us three who did not pick it up. You were, I believe, Sean did. He's not here to share his opinion on it. I am, though, for the fans that picked this up, this offering from Boom Studios. If you guys can see here on the live YouTube and Twitch, by the way, thank you guys for joining us. This is the Comic Bookies podcast brought to you by Treasure Island Comics, nonetheless. Proctor Valley Road, let's get into it, Mike. I gave you my opinions on it. You gave me yours without even reading it. You said Grant Morrison, man. Uh, good luck with that one. Why, Mike? You said that he was going to be kind of out there, a lot to follow. Uh, give me your opinions on Grant Morrison before I give you and my and the fans the opinions on the book. So I've read I've read numerous things over the last you know five six years of being a comic book fan. The Green Lantern series that he's got going on right now, season one, season two, and like the three issue side series with the Black Stars. It's just. It, it was just too much. I didn't know. I don't know if he created all this stuff, different planets, different species, different languages and stuff. It was just too much to follow. And I, and I think season two or even season, or even the whole series, he's just like a, you know, just a space cop. And each issue was like its own little story that then culminated into something big at the very end of the season, which was 12 issue maxi series, you know? So I was really, you know, thoroughly, you know, um, I was happy that it's it finally ended you know last week it was a pretty good issue but i was just done and if there's a season three i will not pick it up but then on the other hand his earth one wonder woman amazing books the his third and final volume just came out last week i'm gonna pick up a copy of that on saturday so there you go i'm happy that that green lantern season two is done and i'll never get it again but at the same time the same week his earth one volume three of wonder woman came out and i love that one i'm gonna pick it up it's kind of, you know, it's, so it's like, you know, 50-50 so far with what I've read personally. It seems like the comic book space is getting so mixed up lately, in my opinion, before I get into this book real quick. But, I mean, you got Grant Morrison. You got a lot of these, you know, Scott Snyder that came out with that other book, um, not just uh, Undiscovered Country, but he also Noctera. came Noctera, correct? And, I mean, I feel like a lot of these writers, they're just... I don't know if they're trying to get away from the big corporate type of side of it when it comes to writing and just want to express themselves more as a free writer with some of these smaller publishers. But well, just to cut in real quick, Noctera is like a it's a like a writer own story too. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing he's doing it through a publisher. He's doing it through a publisher, but it's like a creator own story. That's like he owns the rights to it. That's the same thing with Undiscovered Country, though, as well, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think so I think so. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I don't know. I do know that James Tynion writes that Razorblade stories, like the horror comics, that he kind of handles that with Alex over at Treasure Island, and that's a creator-owned story, I believe. So, yeah. But continue. Sorry. And Alex actually, I mean, I hate to bring him up so damn much in this episode, but he has actually told me the same thing. He's like, bro, the independents are just killing it right now. Marvel, DC, they're kind of going through what they're going through. In my opinion, I feel like. Marvel's going through it a little bit more. In my opinion, I feel like Disney and Marvel is kind of focusing more on the whole streaming side of it. They're not caring too much of putting more time into their books. 
I think that DC is uh, obviously with this whole revamp, Infinite Zero and all that. We know that Marvel had the, you know, the, the what was it? The series that they just had, the Black... Um, I can't think of it right now. The King and Black? The King and Black series, yes. And I, I mean, I get they're trying to do it, but for some reason, I just feel like the Marvel's not sticking with it as much when it comes to the books. And I just feel like they're trying to put more of their content uh, geared towards the streaming side and service of it and the movie uh, motion picture side. But yeah, I think that independents are just, their stories are just raw and real right now, and they're just really bringing it. Let's get into this proctor valley mike speaking of real and raw you got grant morrison alex child naomi uh Farnquiz, uh, if i can pronounce that rice and tomorrow tomorrow geez bond villain we got a lot of uh crazy names on these books but great artists if you will proctor valley road guy it reminds me a lot i mentioned to you mike about it's kind of like the AWA Upshot book that we had in Grendel, Kentucky. Mike, I know you can say, like, okay, spare me. That's why I was thinking of not even pulling this book. But what sold me on this book, Mike, if you guys are listening, if you guys actually wanted to pick it up or thought about it, it's a six-issue miniseries. But it's kind of the story within the story, man. I like how you a lot of books I haven't really read that it's got – it's basically a daughter and another daughter, and you got these two parents, these women, and they're fighting with each other because one daughter is this, one daughter is that, one thinks that the other daughter is better than the other. But at the end of the day, the damn daughters don't give a shit about none of that. They're just best friends. They smoke a little ganja on the side. They get into their stuff, and the one of the moms says, if my daughter gets into anything else with you, with your daughter, they're, they're done kicking it. Nonetheless, they're trying to find some tickets to get to a Janis Joplin concert. So we know <laughs> where this is taking place in like the 70s and whatnot. It's funny because the co- the concert, they, they're trying to get like $8, $15 to get to a concert. I love it, man. If we could get some seats into a concert at $8 these days, yeah. Mike. But inflation keeps going on the rise. Maybe a last-minute lawn scene at, at Shoreline. Just like, <laughs> this guy, the guy is scalping an eye. Just give me 10 <laughs> $8 for three tickets to a Janis Joplin concert, man. I mean – but no, you got the and then they, they basically bribed these boys into going down this road where they didn't believe that there was bad things happening in it. And there's just stories being told. And she kind of sells the boys on, oh, we can do a tour, a tourist trip for you. It's going to cost you like fifteen dollars. So and then basically some of these uh, I don't want to give it away, but bad things happen to the boys. The girls are uh, on the hook now being questioned by deputies and school and law enforcement, and it's not going good. And that's about as much as I know about it. Uh, There is a character that, I mean, I thought it it reminded me a little bit too much of uh, Grendel, Kentucky, um, but you guys should read it. I think it's really good. I wouldn't say really, really good, but pretty damn good. And if it was more than six issues, I probably wouldn't pull it. But being six issues, I'll probably pull it just because of the story within the story. And I like how you got the girls against the boys and the teenagers and the time that it's taken in in the 70s and whatnot. It's just a little fun story. The actual story of how they're being attacked and what's on the actual Proctor Valley Road might not do it for me. But uh, you got to look at a book at more than just uh, one way and one story. There's always a 
story and within a story, you know, kind of when it comes to Scarant Hood, I wasn't too big on the whole Scarant Hood, Mike. That's one of our other books via IDW, I believe, that I I think ended or is coming out. I'm not going to be pulling the second series, but that's another one. You had a story within a story, Mike. I didn't really like what the whole book was actually really about and the statue and whatnot. But I kind of dig the parents and the dad with single dad and the mom, the single mom and the baby. And, you know, there's always a story within a story that somehow just like captures me with these damn books and just sells me on them, you know. And with the damn sponsorship, I might as well just hey, five issue miniseries, pull it, pull it, pull it. By the time you know it, we got all these damn books on the bullets. But yeah, no, go get Proctor Valley Road. It seemed like a pretty good story. But another good story, our last book of the comic book talk, James Tinian does it again. The Joker, number one. Pick this one up. Mark? Especially if you like Gordon. Well, yeah, the one that threw me for a loop <laughs> was, a, it was a, you know, a backstory on James Gordon. You saw Joker, the last friggin' page of the story. Why do they do that, Mike? Um, you know what's what? Being to- what's being told there? Is well, it just because it's, it's a story? Like, how else are you supposed to, you know, like if, if this whole thing is about James Gordon or Jim Gordon, James, Jim, eh, same thing, but well, Jim Gordon, like, hu- like hunting him down and them wanting to, to, him to kill the Joker, you have to set that up. You can't just have like the Joker just, oh, la, 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 for like half or 75% of the issue, and then all of a sudden someone approaches Jim Gordon. I, I, I like that. Some issue ones you'll have, oh, you know, here's the Joker. He does what he does at Arkham with the whole toxin bomb. And then the very last two or three pages is that that chick, the blonde chick, approaching Jim Gordon saying, hey, I have a proposition for you. We want you to kill the Joker. And then, oh, boom, here's issue two. No, they got right out of the gate. You know, the flashback with the whole evil thing. How crazy was that? They actually had that, you know, this is not a black label book, but they showed like the guy cutting the 17 oh, year old yeah. girl's face off and you know, the flashback to the, you know, have you ever seen evil or whatever? Like, like, yeah. like what's your, like, what's, I forgot what he said. Like, what's your boogeyman, you what's know, boogeyman. Yeah. So get your boogie on. Um, but and yeah, the Joker and Gordon's like, or no. And then the guy says the ex cop is like, every time I close my eyes, I just see him there. Like asking me if I wanted a piece yeah, of the flesh. A piece of, oh God. It was uh, so gross. <laughs> but, um, but no, so Jim Gordon's offered, you know, a bunch of money to, hunt down and kill joker and he's in what south america right now or in central america mm, brazil i believe was it brazil eh, it was one uh, belize i think belize i think you're I think right it was belize. It was belize. so yeah but uh so jokers hold up in some kind of like it looked like a nice villa with everyone that was living in there or actually staying in there all dead so yeah so that's gonna be it's an amazing story so far james tiny and he you know amazing he kind of continues what he did after you know the joker war in his batman story into this side story um i did i was confused about uh bane in the background because supposedly bane's dead and the scarecrow jonathan crane is dead in the story as well so i was kind of confused on why they had bane in the background of the actual cover i don't know maybe he's i don't know not really sure but what did you enjoy about i see your i see your variant cover right there it looks badass do you think um do you think that Bane or sorry, do you think I think that right now these stories are kind of coinciding with each other, both of them that Tinyan is writing with yeah. the Joker and with Batman? Do you see that uh prolonging into the future, Mike? Do you think that they're gonna 
coincide or do you think that with uh obviously with jim gordon being kind of the main focal point of this joker number one offering do you think that uh, do you think that's a kind of that tiny is kind of go separate ways or he's going to kind of keep them kind of converging with each other or diverging I mean, what do you think i mean batman and joker are like peanut butter and jelly i don't think he's gonna you know divert too far away from each other you know, you have and, and like Joker still has just one eye. So he's taking the storyline from from Joker War from Batman into this. It's not like he's writing a brand new Joker story and he's got both eyes and stuff. He's taking who he uh, created in Batman into this story. And especially at the top left corner, it says DC Frontier. You know, if you're strictly reading DC Frontier books, this is one of the books you had to get. So it has to be, you know. This Joker is here to stay for a while in, in, in at least Tinian's run, so, if not if not until they do another crisis and kind of redo the DC universe in five years. Do you think that do you think that Tinian is going to keep running with this Gordon uh, story for more than an arc? Or do you think it's only going to last about an arc and then this gold Gordon thing is going to end and then it's going to. I think that the, for for me personally, I can see that the whole Gordon arc, Gordon story, trying to track down, you know, I think it can be going a little bit farther than an arc, but I, I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? Who knows? I, I I mean, maybe a year, maybe 12 issues, and but who knows how long the story is even set for? You know, it, it didn't have a set. It had like, you know, an ongoing story, but hey, maybe it's only a 12 issue maxi series for one year and then it comes it, you know, comes into something else at the beginning of 2022. But who knows? But all in all, it's a great story for me. Yeah, definitely. Guys, check it out. Tiny yeah. came out last week. Obviously, we're mentioning it the, uh, this uh, today. Because we uh, review these books a week after they come out. Nice. Let us know yes, in sir. the comments. Let us know in uh, Comic Bookies on uh, Twitter, Comic Bookies on Instagram, uh, how you like it and what you're excited for this week, man. Yeah, so let's get into a little bit of news for the fans. So everyone joining in on YouTube and Twitter, go ahead and comment on anything. You know, Tell us a piece of news that you found in the last week in the comic book and entertainment kind of side. So a couple quick hitters. Before we get into the two biggest news uh, stories of the week that I found, uh, one is Netflix is testing uh, new software right now to crack down on your password sharing. So this kind of sucks because my sister, you know, we have the whole family thing. Like I pay for the Amazon Prime and the Disney Plus. My parents pay for the HBO. My brother plays, pays for the Hulu. My sister p- pays for the Netflix. So if Netflix is cracking down, looks like my sister is the only one who's going to be watching it. Or <laughs> Or at least if they do something to where it's, you have to be under like the same IP address, then my parents and her are the only three that get to watch it. But I don't know. Netflix personally is not really doing it for me. I know there's plenty of things on there. Like me and my wife are in the middle of watching Ozark, kind of take huge breaks and stuff. But yeah, I, I have little to no time to watch my regular shows on the CW and FX and stuff, let alone trying to, to watch something on Netflix as well. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I know... I mean, I, I know it. You know, it doesn't mean crap to you. I mean, it actually, in a way, does because actually, Netflix is probably the main streaming service that we at the household actually subscribe to, oh, and yeah. we were password sharing up until a couple uh, months ago. My wife decided to kind of just get off her cousin's damn thing because it was just, uh, I guess, too much. But we'd mm-hmm. go ahead and we do have our own. But yeah, oh, they're cool. crack. They're cracking down. I don't know exactly. I'm trying to pull up a couple of information here, Mike. I don't know if you have any more info on exactly how their plan is to do that. I, I, think, they're uh, just, I think they're just testing software. 
kind of like if you know they they go into whoever's paying for it right and they kind of somehow get their home address and then if i don't know i don't know how you would do that and then if so like if i logged into like my sister's account right and then it, it noticed that where i'm at like if i somehow somehow you can share your location you know, when you first download an app and it says, oh, we would like to enable your location services and you click yes, just like just ah, whatever, like you click on the red, you know, I have read all the terms and conditions. Yeah, click it, whatever. I want to get to my Ozark. Screw you. Get out of here. You know, then you've now opened it up to where they can see, oh, hmm, you're in Tracy. You're not in Newark. So we're not going to give you access to this because this specific card that's paying for this account and this specific email address is in Newark, California. But you're in Tracy. Get out. Well, what I'm seeing here, brother, and um, I mean, it's it's actually doesn't seem like it's too damn hard to do with a two uh, two uh, what's it called a two uh, password authentication, whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what they're saying is, okay, you try to log in. Oh, we got to send you two factor authentication. Excuse me. We're going to send you a password to your phone, which is the subscriber's phone number and whichever one you have under the account and in order to get into it you're gonna have to put that like six digit pin code or whatnot and i you know what i can't believe that they're not doing that already man because yeah, true. there's a lot i mean it's mainly like uh you know bank accounts brokerage accounts and things like that pretty much money management accounts that you try to log into and they ask you for that damn pin code so i mean yep. if if Netflix really wanted to go by the way of doing it, I could on honestly really see them implementing it. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, I, I think it's going to happen. And if they, it just depends on how hard they're trying to push it. Mike, how many subscribers, how much more money are they going to make? Because I think a lot of people that are network or sorry, password sharing on the same network or whatnot. Yeah. I think that people love the content, man. And I yeah, think that. I mean for 8.99 or I don't know how much I see here 8.99 I thought it was more than that. It, I think it's uh, I think it's more than that, especially if you want to do like if you have like an HD or whatever. I think I, I think it's more than that. A but, basic Netflix subscription which allows customers to watch one screen at a time costs 8.99 a month. Customers yeah, who go. pay more can watch additional screens. So I mean, even at $9 a month, I think that a lot of people if they're watching it on one damn screen because if you can already uh, authenticate one screen to two screens to three screens, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to authenticate a damn two-factor authentication password, you do know. They do they uh, count their subscriber numbers as just paying customers or everyone who is logged into an account? Mm, you know what I'm saying? Has to, I'd say paying customers. That would okay, be so, the better. So you're going to get more then because people are going to be like, oh my God, yes, it's worth $13.99. Well, I have to watch yeah. my crown. I have to watch my this. My kids love watching this show. So well, yeah, oh yeah, they're going to, it's going to increase, you know, well, uh, by, I mean, by a lot. I mean, everything happens for a reason, right? You think you think I don't think that they're trying to crack down for no reason. It comes a couple days after what uh, Disney Plus announced that they have oh, the pressure. Final, well, yeah, under pressure. I mean, Disney. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, Disney, though, if you're with me, Mike, they just announced, right, that they have that they've gone over 100 million over subscribers 100. globally in and, 16 you know, months. 16 months. Thank you. And oh, lo and behold, what do you know? Here comes Netflix trying to crack down. <laughs> so they crack right. down. These people that yearn for these Netflix, you know, episodes and whatnot, uh, they're going to subscribe again, even if it's just $9 a month, man. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, for you, I don't think it's too good, Mike. But for the company, business way, I mean, uh, 
I, I can see it being a good thing, man. Crack down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. But I don't know how news, hard you can ever crack down when you still got, you know, sites where you still watch some games, some fights for free. And I mean, that's true. I know that even with this whole stimulus that passed the last one back in 2020, the $600 stimulus, I know there was like a whole a section in there as well to crack down on pirating uh, sports and, and, and whatnot. But who knows, man? I, I've still been able to watch a couple free and uh, we'll see, man. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Foggy, he says that Chris Evans is done. He kind of puts the puts the rumors to rest. Chris Evans it will not return as Captain America, which is fine. You know, it's kind of coming on the heels of the Falcon Winter Soldier kind of sharing the shield starting tomorrow. No, the 19th, which is Friday. Uh, first first episode. I'm not sure if they're doing it like WandaVision where it's the first two episodes, but that show starts this Friday. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, Mark Toys R Us. Toys are like we were Toys R Us kids, buddy. It was like the Mecca. It was just the place to be, you know, when we were kids over at, you know, just outside of the New Park Mall. But Toys R Us is mounting another comeback under new ownership WHP Global out of New York, New York. Sometime before the holiday season to ramp up, they are planning to bring back Toys R Us, Babies R Us, and all of the Jeffrey the Giraffe kind of uh, branded things. So, dude, they're doing it. Or, but Again. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Toys R Us, they still actually have, is it two locations open? I think With it's like kind of like, yeah, like, like that block, one blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> it's they, still open. Yeah, but just to keep the company's name alive, I guess, for purposes like this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think that they do. But I mean, it, it's great, man. I think that, like I mentioned earlier, man, Toys R Us coming back. Hopefully, we don't know how 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 far they're gonna span across the Americas, if you will. But <laughs> even if you got like ten, fifteen open throughout America in these highly metropolitan areas, I think it's gonna be great. I remember KB Toys back in the day. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, it's nothing like a toy store, man. You can try to. You can try to take the kid out the toy store, but you can't take the toy store out of the kid. You know what I mean? It, it, you, remember, it, do you remember Duncan's toy chest from Home Alone 2? Oh, what I, a toy store that was. Dude, but, or to talk about from Home Alone 2, the damn little thing that I, you could record people's voice, leave it in the other oh, room. Oh, I had that it. when I was a kid, bro. <laughs> exactly. I got in trouble for my parents for saying a few, you know, choice words. I think, I, how, cu- I, think I cussed a few times, and my parents, they, you know, rewound it and played it. They're like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fun as hell to wake up on Christmas morning or your birthday morning, whatnot have you, go to your birthday party and be able to unwrap a bunch of presents or even being able to open your front door and having a couple boxes from Amazon to unwrap. You know what I mean? But ain't nothing ever going to beat to the glow in your kid's eyes, in my eyes, when I was a kid, to my parents, you know, even though I cried as hell in that damn store, I'm pretty sure I walked out of that store more times crying than I was with a smile on my face because my parents wouldn't get me all the damn toys I wanted. But yeah, there, wasn't any, there wasn't anything funner than walking down them damn aisles, right, playing with every single toy just 
to end up at the end of the store where you got to play with the PlayStations and the damn Nintendos that had just came out looking yeah. up at the screen like this. Like, try, you didn't want to leave. Broke. Yeah, you could never leave because just wanting that damn console, man. I mean, uh, that's true. That's true. I, that was pretty fun. Bring them back, man. Yeah. The more the, the, the more Jeffries, the merrier, man. Yeah. So I'll take my daughter to Toys R Us and then we'll hit up my Toys R Us, which is Home Depot right now. Home Depot is my Toys R Us and Ace Hardware sometimes. So uh, last two pieces of news. Mark, which one's more important? And uh, let's go with the guy who's joining us tonight. Let's go Mickey Mouse. Disneyland in Anaheim, California is finally opening back up. They have a date April 30th, 15% capacity. They have no parades, no shows. I believe Sean told us this morning, no indoor dining. And then it's you know y- yet to be determined on the indoor rides. Um, but, you know, it's all reservation, just like how Disney World is. You can't park hop. Um, I think they're starting out California residents only as well. So, hey, with all those stipulations, I'm not going yet. But as far as today in 2022, like March 17th, 2022, I'd be down to go because that's this is like the good time to go. You want to avoid um, spring break in like L.A. County you know, or Orange County, wherever that is. You want to avoid the spring break. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. I'm with you, but in a way, I can wait. <laughs> Just like you said, but yeah, I'll, I'm yeah, not. I'll, I'll wait a year for some of these restrictions to be lifted for sure. I just think that Disneyland is expensive enough as it is. Although I did mention that it would be a a blessing in disguise to be able to go to Disneyland right at a 15 mm-hmm. percent capacity and skip all these damn lines and. I mean, I I would have begged right. to go to Disneyland the last two times that I took my daughter at three and four years old to be able to hop into that damn place at fifteen percent capacity. Who would have thought that you just know? Just going to only- Wednesday. Just going to Wednesday in March. It was a Wednesday empty. in March. Fifteen it was, it, was it was a ghost town, bro. Like when I went two years ago, ghost town on a Wednesday. I guess you just can't go back to back years on Halloween and try to ex- <laughs> and try to expect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah what uh, back to back dude no i just going halloween i've been there halloween i've been there christmas it's not fun i'll i'll never go back i'll never go on a weekend well I mean, i'm not gonna say never but i mean the next few trips with kids and everything with young kids i i arrive on a sunday i go to the park monday through thursday and i go home on a friday and i get to be at home and enjoy my you know my weekend still that's been our plan the days are usually a little bit cheaper at the hotels the crowds are less. I have I have way more fun the last two times I've been to Disneyland uh, doing that plan than not. But the only problem I see here now is, yeah, it's 15% capacity. You're going to be able to get on all the stuff you want quicker than usual. But, man, no in the inside rides. I mean, those are some of the funnest ones that we got there. I mean, we, lo- we all yeah, love Space Mountain. Space Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones. I mean, what are we going to be doing there, really? I mean, it's going to be strictly for the kids. They're really opening it up strictly for the kids because I mean, you're going to – you're gonna you're gonna go on those damn teacups that get you sputting my damn Never. kid, bro. My damn that's I swear I gotta do spin those damn teacups like four times in a row, bro. Jeez, my damn kid. Every I'm time good. I spin, spin, spin. Damn near throwing up. Yeah, but me then, and a coworker were trying to figure out the outdoor rides. You had like the teacups, you have the rocket ships and Dumbo, which is pretty much the same thing, just one's in Fantasyland and one's in Tomorrowland. Uh Thunder Mountain Railroad, Matterhorn is technically an outdoor ride. That was um, closed last time I. Yeah, uh, parts of Splash Mountain are 
outside, but that they'd probably not. And, and uh, come to think of it, they wouldn't reopen Splash Mountain until they revamped it to look like uh, Princess and the Frog anyways, which me and my coworker were like, uh, you've had a full year of nobody in the park, zero hour restrictions. How the hell have you not, you know, <laughs> you know, redone that into to make it look like Princess and the Frog? But I don't know. I'm excited for the company. I'm excited for thousands of people to get back to work as well. It kind of was weird timing because they shut down right around now because I was supposed to go like April 20th. I was supposed to go 420 and they closed down like a month before. And, you know, what runs what runs out at the end of a full year is everyone's unemployment. So it kind of made like, oh, OK, OK, you know. You know, their unemployment's running out, so let's get them back to work finally. Let's go ahead and, and see if if, uh, if if Governor Gavin is going to let us open these uh, parks up. And finally, he did. Have, so, you heard, have you heard? I know Disney got a lot of money to make up after losing like $30 million a day or whatnot. Yeah, whatever. The their stock numbers, price is still higher. Yeah, than All-time highs, losing money every damn day from these damn Disneyland. But did you hear anything about ticket prices having to go up? caused due to being closed for so long are they going to be charging i could see them probably charging outsiders and tourists a little bit more compared to maybe giving their southern california residents a little bit of a break yeah. um i don't know if you've heard anything on that i have not but it's kind of interesting to know if they are going to be because i heard that they are going to be doing away with i forgot if it was Actually, now that I think about it, it might have been that they're doing away with the season ticket. Is that already done? That's been news since I think. Oh, so that's old news. Yeah. Oh, okay. My fault. That's what I was. I think that's what I was trying to think of. Mm -hmm. So they did do away with the season ticket. There you go. So if you want, I think the most recent price before they shut down of a one day park hopper pass was two hundred bucks. Hey. Yeah. 200 I, I thought paid, it was 160 I paid what you just said I think I paid like I, I think I paid what you said I think I paid like 150 165 for each day for myself and, and I now, booked it yeah go ahead and now with park coppers obviously out of the question like you mentioned you got to make up your damn mind because if they're going to be charging 130ish to get into Disneyland another 90ish to get into a California adventure uh, you're going to be thinking about if you're going to spend about 240 or not per person to try to get into both these parks, right? So yeah. I think they're going to have to kind of... Yeah, you'll, have, yeah you, you'll probably have to break it up. I mean, you got to figure if you're going four days, do you go two full days in California Adventure? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, no. But then again, you, I don't know when the hell is the Avengers Campus opening up. If that's opening up, you know, but I... And I was a month away from going to the Star Wars land for the first time. I didn't even get to see that. So, yeah, if I had to choose, I'd probably go three days in Disneyland and then just try to hit everything in California Adventure in one day. And so. I see here that Buena Vista Street at Disney California Adventure has been open thus far. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned that. I thought that people that I was seeing people at Disneyland, you're like, oh, sorry, bro. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but that's not Disneyland. <laughs> I I'm think like, that's Disney really? World. <laughs> I knew, yeah, I knew the damn the damn castle looked a little bit, a uh, little bit more uh, different, like yeah. it was on steroids or whatnot. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I think that there's still a long time to go Disneyland wise, but hey, a start is a start, especially in this damn state where it's been 
so tough and you know the damn governor hasn't really allowed anything but to see most of these damn counties over here in the bay area in the red tier i think that in la we're kind of probably close to the damn same thing as well but yeah, uh, like everyone's getting inching closer to the orange if if not already to the orange so we're getting there bro we're getting I'm, there i'm kind of with you though on the kind of waiting it out man though i just yeah. I, I don't think if they're going to be charging one full year price for a half for a half-ass experience uh i'll wait yeah and the final piece of news what everyone's been waiting for um, right now, it is 10:20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So the East Coast, they have already been an hour or two into the Justice League, the Snyder Cut. We are so excited, um, Mark. I think you've been you've been prepping the last two weeks. You've been you've watched have, the Man of Steel. You watched the uh, Ultimate Edition, the three-hour edition of uh, Batman vs Superman. So, dude, like I know I'm. I don't want to assume, but I know you're not as excited as I am. But how excited are you to watch this this weekend? I mean, I'm excited. Probably just I, I think I'm excited because you guys are excited, man. Yeah. It really it really makes my my brothers, my sponsors all over the people that I'm surrounded with that comes to doing this podcast collectively. You, Sean, Alex, everybody else. I got I, I mentioned to you, Joe, if you're out there listening, he uh, texts me, my buddy as well. What's up with the damn Snyder Cut? What that's thing about, you know, hey, tune into the Comics Wiki podcast live Wednesday nights, 830 on Twitch and YouTube, and we will talk about it. But, man, I'm excited Four hours. I just hope I hope I mentioned it to you. You told me to just sit back and enjoy it. But I just hope that it's not going to be like four hours of just ongoing battle scenes with CGI. Mm -hmm. Just I mean, I, I, I mean, there know. will be. I, I think that I, there will be. Obviously, you're gonna, it's four hours for a reason. But I think that's why I really actually enjoyed Man of Steel, you know, coming into that origin story that we got and just more cgi kind of towards the end if you will um but i mean the snyder cut man I, we're here for it uh i obviously watched how much like five hours worth of uh, tv uh movies just to get prepped for it um right. for, to deliver the fans the content and uh the talk that we can deliver here on this podcast but i'm excited i i don't know what to expect from the trailer from what i see I, I was telling you guys from the trailer, it might be one of my the least favorite out of the trilogy. But, uh, hey, we got to wait till uh, Friday for me to be the judge of that, I guess. It's dark side, bro. Just just get ready. It's just like, uh, like what you saw in the first one with what's his name? Stephen Wolf. Like you only saw him. You didn't see Apocalypse. You didn't see Dark Side. You didn't see Granny Goodness. You hardly saw the, the you know the parademons like this is going to be an epic battle you have martian manhunter to add you have some green lantern stuff you have more fight scenes with the themiscarians and the gods uh i just can't wait you have more uh so let me and, ask and there's an article that says you have more like character development. Like you have, they spend more time on actually getting to know, especially the characters who at that point are new characters. They're, they're fairly new. Uh, wonder woman, Aquaman, which maybe Wonder Woman did it come out before Justice League? I forget. Flash and Cyborg, but at least Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg, you know, you concentrate on them. This was only the second movie with Ben Affleck as Batman as well. So I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be awesome. So when you talk Joker, about Jared Leto Joker, oh when you talk about battles, right? When you talk about oh the battle and all like is that what Justice League is kind of written on. I, I've never, sorry for, excuse my, um, pardon my uh, ignorance, right? Pardon my yeah. uh, 
not not knowing uh it, like when you read the justice league stories and whatnot is that kind of what how it's set up because i'm not used to seeing dc stories dc characters kind of just all team up avenger style and kind of just take on like whatever you know so is that something that i'm just being um novice to and not understanding is that how justice league books have been written in the past and are mm -hmm. going to probably yeah. be continued to be written going on forward with bendis with these battles where it's just that uh, the league obviously teams up and I, I actually thought it was a little bit different. Um, it's just something that I'm not used to. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. It's just something I'm, I never knew. And I'm excited yeah. to kind of get into the whole Justice League realm of it. Like I said, I've never read uh, Aquaman. I haven't really read Wonder Woman. I haven't really read these individual characters books so i'm not too familiar on it and i sure as hell ain't familiar when they come all together in the justice league so i think i'm kind of judging yeah. it on what i think the opinion on what i thought it would be but obviously i'm wrong about it so since yeah, i'm wrong the, and my opinion isn't right about what the actual league provides i'm excited to you know get into it and actually take in the four hours and then really give my judgment of thought or my opinion if you will yeah, um, the Justice League is the Marvel version of the Avengers, which actually predates the Avengers, by the way. So that came first. Thank you very much. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm excited. I kind of wish that Ma Martian Manhunter was in the original one. I'm excited that he's going to be in this movie because I thought that Ma Martian Manhunter, being an original member of the Justice League, should have been in the movie and not uh, Cyborg. But Cyborg is like a cool, like he's he he's CGI'd. His story is really cool. But to me, he's a Titan. You know, he's he came from the, the, the Teen Titans in the in the mid 80s, but I'm excited well, nonetheless. And I'm once again, like pardon my ignorance, but I thought like maybe the Justice League was more based on. Yeah, you get all these characters converging together, but at the same time, it was kind of like the Justice League. But then they have like their own like little stories on the sides and what I didn't know that they kind of emulate or like amped up to like these huge battles against whatever oh, yeah. darks you know I, I wasn't i wasn't aware of that it's so, a huge it's a huge thing there's like you know like crisis on infinite earth and the dark side war from the new 52 you have all these huge battles just like marvel does see, but but no one has his own movies hulk has his own movies iron man has his own movies ant-man has his own movies and they come together and they have the avengers and they fight ultron and they fight thanos you know but like Sean mentioned in our text earlier this week, it would have been nice to see some of these characters before the Justice League the first time, right? Yeah. I'm with, I'm with him on it. that. But like I said, I can't sit here and judge and try to think that the Snyder Cut is going to be something that I was expecting when it's obviously not because that's just the way the Justice League is written, right? So I but, can't just sit there and, not, yeah. and discount the way Justice League or the whole thing has been written because of my opinion on it but i'm, I'm excited man i think yeah. it's gonna be a lot of battle a lot of cgi and uh i just hope that uh the batmobile can be taken out by more than one thing than damn superman's leg because geez yeah, i, I think it survive anything but once it ran into superman thing was toast i know um <laughs> but i think i think with four hours you'll get more character development so people who like so. you know who you would like oh i wish they had a cyborg movie or a flash movie before this yeah i think you'll get a little the, bit of a side story in the beginning 
But I wish that they would throw that in the preview, in the trailer. Because in the trailer, obviously, mm-hmm. it looks like there's going to be no damn character development, man. If you so, watch the trailer, you would think, like, oh, sh- damn, I got to know all these characters already, right? Yeah, So, but The Flash is getting his own movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Muschietti's directing that. They just cast Supergirl, uh, the the girl who's playing iris west in justice league is confirmed she's staying on for the flash movie so the flash movie is going to be like wonder woman in batman versus superman the wonder woman movie came out after she was introduced in batman versus superman fighting doomsday so like this the flash he's going to be introduced in justice league and then gets his movie and i think it's going to be a flashpoint the flashpoint story so going to be an amazing movie everyone tune in and come in next week to talk about it in episode 105 but and and let's not get and let's not get it twisted, Mike. Let me just say one thing. This is gonna be the biggest DC thing to come out ever since the last Joker in October 4, two thousand or nineteen ninety not, not sorry, two thousand nineteen. But let me also tell you that might, this thing might even be bigger than that Joker, as I am anticipated I, as it I, is, brother. Yes, yes. this is gonna <laughs> so, be this is gonna be the biggest DC movie since The Dark Knight. There it is. Yep, definitely. <laughs> So this has been the Complicates Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in on YouTube and Twitch. We're going to take a short, a few-minute break, and we're going to get into sports after this. But, yeah, please share the stream on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, Like and subscribe. Go ahead and check out our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and our Twitter page. But thank you so much for joining in on this anniversary, two-year anniversary edition of the Complicates Podcast. We will be right back. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining in back. We are back with Complicates Podcast, episode 104. Coming at you live on YouTube and Twitch. Come on in. Give us a comment. Give us a question. Give us anything. You know, we, we want to interact with the fans. We are brought to you, as always, by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Go check them out, especially today on New Comic Book Day. It's 1030 at night, so they're closed. But check Alex out on Friday and Saturday as he is still open solamente three days. Mark, let's get into Solamente. Yeah. Solamente. Solo, solo tres dias. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, dude, before we get into sports, dude, again, Mark, I'm s- sorry that Mickey Mouse has to join us today and not Sean here on live, but, bro, crack it open. Two years, buddy. I mean, technically, the 22nd of March is our uh, two-year anniversary, uh, releasing episode one, the pilot episode, but 104, 104 episodes, two years. We've done so many things, even during even during coronavirus, and I I don't see an end in sight. I can't wait for what the future holds, man. How how crazy is this? You say it's exactly the two-year episode that uh, today at 104. How many weeks are there in a year, Mike? Fifty-two. What's fifty-two times two? Exactly a hundred and four. We exactly have, we have been right on pace, averaging an episode a week. Man, we are here for you. There's been there's been plenty of weeks where we don't get an episode out for for whatever reason. But in the beginning of this podcast, we had a few of those strictly comics episodes. So. Or we did one of those things where we had an interview, which was kind of long, and we and we broke it up into like kind of two different podcasts in the same night. One did an interview, and then the other we talked about, uh, you know, sports because it was probably a comic book writer on the interview. But man, I've been having 
the time of my life for the past couple of years. I've, you know, grown a family. I bought a home and I've, and I've started a podcast with you guys. This has been amazing, man. Can't wait to, for what, 104 tonight and then 105 and on until episode 1000 at least. You know, wow, 1000. Oh, man. I hope. And cheers to that because that's a lot. Even 104. Like I always mention, they say like the regular comic or sorry, the regular podcasting, uh, whatever only does like averages seven episodes. That's crazy. That's crazy. People get into it. They realize that, you know, it's a, it takes a little bit more work than you think it's not just showing up you got to do a little bit of technical stuff you got to do a little bit of uh promoting and whatnot and you obviously you got to get along with your co-hosts you guys all got to be on the same page the more people you do it with the more minds the more lives that is conflicting and time schedules and whatnot so it's hard to make it work and i can see why uh, some people just drop it after a while but nonetheless we thank you mike for uh holding it down we thank our fans for uh, sticking with us and uh, keep sharing the word to everybody that they know and, you know, people in their lives that are into the same thing that we're into, man, which is comics, entertainment, and sports, especially uh, NFL and NFL free agency and the buzz surrounding it, Mike, if you want to get into it. Yeah, dude, the NFL, man, it being a 365, 24-7, 365 sport, that is no joke. That <laughs> you is always no joke. mention every like, damn week. We, we got to mention NFL? How long ago does it does it seem like the Super Bowl was and we're already like we've already forgotten about it. We're already on to free agent frenzy and then the you know the the mini camps and yeah pro days and then the draft is in it's in late April. And I mini feel- camps during the summertime and then training camp in the in the in this in the late summer early fall and then sure enough here comes preseason and the NFL season starts in September. Crazy, man. Sometimes I feel the way the free agency is signed set up these days in the NFL, it almost seems like it's set up for it to be kind of dramatic and spectacular year in year out. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that just has to do with um, the money that's being thrown around in sports leagues these days. And a lot of these uh, athletes knowing that they can just kind of go for a little bit more than they're probably worth. Sorry to say, think a lot of these athletes are overpaid in a lot of these positions these days i'm probably sure i'm not the only one that thinks that but i just think that that's the type of market that we're in right now these tv deals are at all time highs you know you got the streaming wars at the same time going on and then again you got like newer competitive you know adventures like it's fubo tv and tubi and you see that on a nascar coming up pretty soon and there's all types of you know streaming platforms everybody trying to get into the mix everybody's trying to get their name heard just as we are here at the comic bookies podcast so if you haven't please subscribe and share it if you can but nonetheless i just think that the the world that we're living in right now that i think that maybe a lot of these players i think that a lot of these free agents i don't even think if you're you know, if you're not a quarterback, if you're not uh, maybe a running back, like Sean always says, I can always find a brother that runs, right? If you're not maybe one of these positions that you're kind of know that you probably – I think that offensive tackles, I think that if you're a really good safety or a defensive back, if you're, you know, if you're a really good, you know, I, we see the Patriots picking up tight ends this week. I think that if you're kind of in a position that you can kind of play the market with – and obviously, if your talents kind of exceed whatever else you got bringing to the team, I think that 
I, I think there's a market there right now for these players to want to be switching teams. You know, they see what Tom Brady does. Oh, well, if I can just take a one year deal with this quarterback, whatever, I could probably make it to the promised land or whatnot. You know, I just think that those days of unless you're like a quarterback, I don't see players wanting to go like with baseball contracts of 10, 14 year deals, man. I mean, I mean, yeah, up until the mid seventies in, in baseball, like my dad always says, I always come back to this when I talk about free agency, when free agency was first enacted in the, in major league baseball, you had Reggie Jackson was one of the first key names. I think he went to Baltimore after he left Oakland. And my dad always says if Reggie Jackson, some of these guys, if it wasn't for free agency, the A's would have won four more world series in the seventies besides the three and 72, three and four. So just imagine, man, you know, there's, there's good things about it. And then there are bad things about it. Just like our Las Vegas Raiders trading away or letting go at least three offensive linemen in damn near a week. You know, they let go, you know, Trent Brown to the, um, to the Patriots. They traded Gabe Jackson, their guard who's been with them for, you know, for years now to the Seattle Seahawks. And then they trade Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals, their center. So I have no idea as far as that talk about Russell Wilson wanting to come to the Las Vegas Raiders because they had a good offensive line. Well, now I know where the Raiders are going to have to go in the draft. Like what, like what the hell is going on? Why are they doing that? Uh, I mean, they're over the cap. So I, I think that they might want to save on cap because those guys take up a lot of money. They so, are one of the highest pays offensive lines in the league, if I'm not mistaken, if right? Not the, if not the most, yes. Yeah. So they get, you know, they go and get John Brown, um, you know, the wide receiver. So that's what my brother Steven said. Oh, this is, they're just going to be running streaks all year with him and rugs. But that's it all scares, they're going to be doing. It scares me, though, because you, you already got, you know, we talk about it a lot. You're a Derek Carr quarterback that's coming off of a couple, maybe two seasons that we saw a little bit of check down Charlie in him. Kind of seemed that that first year down there in the desert, he kind of you know, kind of grew back into the old car that we knew before the injury, before the broken tibula or fibula, whatever the hell it was. But at the end of the day, you know, um, they're getting, they signed back that same guy that gave up that block on that blind side to give him that damn (laughs) injury. Yeah, they signed Donald Penn so he can retire a Raider, yeah. Donald Penn to retire a Raider, there it is. But I just, I want to see Carr prevail. Uh, you know, but you he, said it the other day, though. Would you say like two days ago? You were like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be checked down." Charlie Watts, and I was like, "Why, dude? That, <laughs> the Raiders just—they heard you. That's why they're going to trade away their guard, their Pro Bowl guard, and their Pro Bowl center." Like, oh <laughs> my god! And they bring back the guy that caused him to break his only bone that he's ever broken in the league and missed, oh made a miss probably the best chance that they had at a at the playoffs you know in a in a long long time right so yeah i, I just think that they're saving money but they have so, so bring someone in then what the hell are they pussyfooting around for let's go yeah but i mean yeah that's what i, I don't understand why you know you had a pretty damn Decent offense. Obviously, the offense wasn't your damn problem. I think I saw that meme, you or your brother sent it to me, or uh, you know, it <laughs> said, "Or well, let's just trade away our O line for defense or whatever." Right? Yeah, but yeah. It just makes no sense. I I really don't understand it. But we'll um, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. Gruden has, what Gruden and Mayock has up his sleeve. But yeah. I just don't agree with to give up three of those. You know, you know, pretty damn pretty, pretty damn good offensive linemen though. Just to give yeah. all three of them up. Your thoughts on any of these other trades, man? Um, so you have team so 
I mean, so what do you think? Chicago Bears, they say that they want to get Russell Wilson. They actually sat down uh, with each other over the weekend, and Chicago offered them three first-round picks. They slept on it. Seattle comes back and says, no, like we're not going to trade him. Figure, you know, Pete Carroll, he's like 70 years old. He's not going to be coaching that much. He doesn't want to start all over. So I figure he's just going to, you know, be put there. Cam Newton can't throw the damn ball more than 20 yards anymore right now, at least accurately. So that's why they go and get Jonu Smith and then Hunter Henry. If Hunter Henry can be, you know, can be healthy, then that's like going to be that. a, that's going to be a, a, another good offense. Um, but with Cam, I don't. I know. mean, I they signed Cam again. I'm not too high on Cam. Who again. else are they going to get though? The way they going to trade for Jimmy G? Like what are they going to do? Fitzpatrick? You think Fitzpatrick's better than Cam Newton? Mm, yeah, I do. I think that I don't know. I mean, he's been on every team in the league, probably holds the record right now going over to Washington. We haven't mentioned that. But yes, I think Fitzpatrick is going to be your new uh, uh, your new quarterback of your Washington football team. Yeah, but, probably. You know, I mean, but I, at, at that point, why the hell wouldn't you go with Alex Smith, who's been there a while? Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like true. Fitzpatrick still he still turns the ball over. So I don't know. I just don't believe in Cam. I I mean, that's just me being me. Don't believe too much in Cam. I think that with him having a little bit better weapons, that's going to help him out, obviously. But Mm -hmm. we still have to see. I can still see that division uh, being won, you know, probably by the Bills again next year. You know, it kind of looks like the Bills kind of might have a stranglehold. And who uh, knows if they expand even more to the playoffs and the Patriots right there are definitely a playoff team. True. In my eyes. I'm I'm not yeah I mean I'm not saying with Belichick and the stuff that he's got up his sleeve I'm not saying that it they can't be I just uh think that it's going to take a lot of locker room presence and a lot of gelling off the field in order to get to that situation that Belichick is trying to uh, you know reachieve with his uh Tom Brady days Yeah you know, going back to going back to my to my Raiders uh longtime offensive lineman Kyle Long he comes out of retirement, and it's rumored that he's going to go to the Raiders. But what does he do? Nah, he signs a one-year deal worth up to five million dollars to go and play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so, I uh, mean, just a lot of these guys who want to go places to win. You know, you have AJ Green signing with the Cardinals. I was, I was just going to bring that one up. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Hit on I mean, that one for me. I think that's great, honestly. I mean, if he can stay healthy, an Shit. amazing pickup. Amazing. For Kyler and the boys, and you know, I think that's man. I really like that. AJ I really Green, like Larry that. Fitzgerald, and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah. Although it, yeah, and it although it does suck for our guy coming out of Baton Rouge and um, can't even think of his name right now. Help me out. The quarterback that got hurt, poor guy. Um, Borough. Sorry. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help Mr. Burrow coming out of injury trying to kind of prove himself, but obviously we know that, you know, Cincinnati's obviously going to be on a rebuild especially now. I mean, like you said, if he can stay away from injury, Mike, AJ hasn't really been prone to being on the field all year long. That's going to be a test to tell, but I think with him not having to be the number 1 and not having to try to go so hard day in and day out, even though I know he's probably going to want to, to redeem himself, but just knowing that that burden is off your back and that, um, you know, Hopkins is probably is obviously the number one Fitzgerald is still there to help you guys out the tight end and whatnot. So I think that's going to be a very good environment for him, uh, teaming up with Murray and, uh, and, um, 
the actor over there. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> you know, going back to teams that like just win too. You know, going back to the team who just won the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have Rob Gronkowski and Shaq Barrett returning. So it's you know just a lot of these guys, whether or not and they. Gronk. It, is is that what I said? Did I say Gronk? You said uh, Shaq Barrett and uh, Tom hey. Brady. Oh, and Gronk. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. Tom Brady, but I meant Gronk. Yeah, they come back and they just want to win. I don't know if they took pay cuts, but yeah, they're going to do whatever for- they can to win. And let's not forget about J.J. Watt as well, trying to beef up that Arizona. So, Mike, exactly. now let me ask you this. I could actually, this is crazy. I actually might have to put a little future bet going in into these Arizona Cardinals for the NFC West, bro. For the division, because you trust if Matt you Stafford about it. in Thank L.A.? You. Yeah, to, rebuild. Get 10, to get 10 wins. The Niners are they're up in the air because of JJ Watt and that defensive line with Aaron Donald that they just made Trent Williams the most uh, the highest paid offensive lineman in the in the history. Six years, $138 million yeah. with over $55 million guaranteed. Bring the register. Cha-ching. God damn, dude. Bro, that was... but I, and then with the with I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say turmoil, but with all the stuff that we got going on right now at the upper Pacific Coast in Seattle. Uh, man, I think that the desert, um, along the West coast might kind of be, uh, where the West is going to be won. Hopefully both yeah. deserts is where the West is going to be won. If you know what I mean this year, <laughs> Hey, you never know. Right? Why the hell do they, why the hell do these teams sign these, these drama queen wide receivers, these long-term deals, Emmanuel oh. Sanders gets like a five or six year deal and then he gets cut and then he signs the one year deal with Emmanuel Buffalo? with Buffalo. It's like, well, come on, man. That's what I'm saying. One year, one year. It's like they keep their options open. When you get to the latter stages of your career, Mike, I mean, what can you really expect? At the end of the day, you know, you're kind of trying to just tag along, maybe to try to get that ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Honestly, I think that. When you get to that stage of your career, it's kind of more of what team wants you compared to like, I'm going to go out there and be able to pick whatever team I want. You're kind of just along for the ride at that point, trying to just sign whichever deals you can. Although I think Emmanuel Sanders still got some left in the tank, smaller stature guy, body probably not worn down as much as if you would say a, a running back or a lineman, you know, but I think he's got a couple more years in him. I think that's a pretty good pickup, actually, for Buffalo, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I do like, if he can take a pay cut, I do like a Dory Jackson from USC to join the Raiders for a corner. Oh, I, I, I do like him because he's a special teams threat as well. Um, do you think Tyrod Taylor reaching a deal with the Texans is any indication about Deshaun Watson, or is it just kind of like an insurance policy on him? I mean, because Deshaun said Deshaun says he wants to play for Denver or San Francisco. And I really I can cut out San Francisco right now because giving Trent Williams that money, they can't afford him right now anyway. So Denver, they got money to spend. They have some young weapons. And they also I mean, they got because because John Elway cannot draft uh, actually the Denver Broncos since he since he was drafted in like 1983, 84, whatever that infamous like, you know, 1983, 84 draft. They haven't been able to 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 get a quarterback. What Tim yeah. Tebow with his one playoff win that Hail Mary against uh, Pittsburgh? That's like that's about it. Like who's I, been I, their quarterbacks? Best quarterback Jake Plummer. 
I mean, Stevie, you know? one, Stevie Wonder can draft a better quarterback sitting in the war room yeah. uh, every year, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, so John Elway goes out and gets Peyton Manning. He goes to two straight Super Bowls in like four or five seasons. So who's to say that, that they don't do the same thing? Go out and get Deshaun Watson because they obviously, you know, just have the thumb up their ass and they can't do anything when it comes to quarterbacks and drafting them high. Yeah, but speaking of Watson, how funny are these allegations coming out on him? I think today, right? Oh, I mean, if you want to, oh if you with the masseuses, and I mean, not to not to talk down on masseuses, but shout out to the the masseuses in Atlanta, the oh, Asian Americans. Right? Yeah. Whoever was, yeah, the people who were affected by that—that's just a tragedy. And and then to to hear that that he had plans to go down to Florida too. Did he uh, really? Just, just, just to, yeah, I think Sean texted us that. Uh, that as well and just three, a horrible three horrible different story. masseuse parlors i mean jesus man i mean i don't know if it was just the masseuses or the actual i don't know if it was the the person getting the massage or just the masseuse that got uh that died yeah. but i mean shout out to everyone in atlanta and everybody that has to deal with that tragic event that's definitely what we do not want to be seeing in our country man uh so shout out to the asian american community out there if we got anybody out there the comic bookies are thinking about you man yeah, for sure. So that's pretty much it for like the NFL free agent frenzy. We'll probably have a little bit more to talk about. You know, we'll probably have more news tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, maybe to then talk about in episode 105. But uh, let's do some NASCAR. Kind of want to hit March Madness last. So NASCAR last week, Martin Shrex Jr. gets his first win ever at Phoenix. The first of two races, obviously the second being the championship race at the end of the season. So now we go down to Hotlanta, the dirty, dirty South. Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, what say you, sir? So I do. I always do some research as far as you know, like you know, just like like my driver averages and everything, um, dude. So like here we go again, like Kyle Larson. Like I see him, you know, being okay. I see him at. He's only had what six. Uh, like I want to cut cut that okay Larson talk out, dude. This guy is on. This guy is, is on skates lately, bro. He's on fire. He had. Uh, since 2017, he has a second place finish, a ninth place finish, and a, he finished 12th in 2019. But in that race, he finished first in the stage one and second in stage two, leading 142 laps. And that was his last time there at Atlanta. So what do you say about just overall, not just Kyle Larson, but what would you say for um, this race down in Atlanta? Man, dude, there's something about this damn kid Larson that I'm seeing. I think that... I just think that he is probably going to be top two, three in points when the season ends. I just the way that I've seen him compete on every scale of, you know, track that we we, we went to a super speedway. We went to a road course. We've been to a, a mile and a half. We went Couple to another mile and a half. Now another a mile. You know, now we're, well, obviously another mile and a half worn out coming up in Atlanta where it's going to be slipping and sliding another track that really suits Kyle Larson style. Oh, wait. And don't you forget right after Atlanta, you got dirt racing coming up. Who's better at dirt than Larson? I mean, hell I yeah. just think that I know you're happy as hell. I can see you from here. You can eat us banana sideways, brother, with Larson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat a banana sideways with the way Larson's been running this oh, year. That might but... be the title of episode 104. <laughs> I was going to put like happy anniversary TCB, but it might be you can smile. You can eat a banana sideways. With how oh, much no, I'm telling you, there's just something that I see in the kid from Elk Grove, California, that he's just... He's just really got something to prove. He's been quiet. He's letting he's letting his work do the talking on the track. 
He's shutting up the haters that might have had something against them. And I just see him performing just uh, just tremendously well this year at Rick Hendrick Motorsports. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Joey Logano is my driver. I think that Kyle Larson is actually going to be giving your co-host uh, driver as well, Chase Elliott. I think that they, those two were kind of going to be going neck for neck as to who's going to be the best driver at Rick Hendrick this year. I can, I can actually really see Kyle Larson pulling that off with Chase Elliott kind of having more of a hangover type year. You know how I am with the championship runs. Yeah, but, but who would have thought that Alex Bowman then would be like the worst driver at Hendrick Motorsport? You know, I mean, I mean, I, him. I would say like luck hasn't really fallen his way. Uh, really? Um I, I don't know, man. I think that Byron's pretty damn good. Don't give up on him. He's just the thing with Byron is he just doesn't have that personality like a Larson and a, and a Byron and a chase bring out, you know, the kind of the media kind of surrounds certain drivers. If you will, they don't really surround Bowman. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't put himself out there like that. He's kind of more of a soft spoken type of driver. But I, I think he still has room to grow. You know, obviously taking over that number 48 car, those are some big shoes to fill, although he has been filling them in ever since he's been driving the 88. So the kid just keeps on trying to fill bigger, bigger shoes. And, you know, now you're trying to fill the spot of a guy that's won seven championships on a, you know, a world-renowned racing team in Rick Hendrick. So I think give him some time. I mentioned last week, I think that Rick Hendrick has put his stable up for a long, long time now with these four drivers that he's got now. And uh, I'm excited to see it, man. But going down into Atlanta, let's get into it. Uh, I think that this is going to be, you know, everyone want to say Harvick again, just like everybody was on Harvick last week. I'll tell you, something's not clicking right with Harvick this year. It's not saying that he's not going to be competitive. It's not saying that he's not going to win races. It's not saying that he's not going to go down to Atlanta in the Dirty South this week and run that Harvick line down there, hugging that white line at the bottom and make it happen. I'm not saying that. It's just that if you're looking for a little bit more value, I can see you know a couple other drivers coming into the mix. I wish that we would have had more value in Larson. That's kind of lost with how good he's performing. Kozlowski always runs good here. Hamlin is good here. Let me ask you another guy, though, Mike, another guy that just can't seem to get it together, you know, two years in a row. I'm not saying are we seeing the downfall or the demise or, you know, I think, you know, he's still one of the best talents in the sport. But, geez, Kyle Busch, man, give me your thoughts on the on the driver from Las Vegas. I, I know a lot of fans out there. Fans, let us know your driver. Drop it off in the comments. Let us know on Twitter and Instagram. Who's your favorite driver for NASCAR? Who are you eyeing or who do you rock with since day one? But Kyle Busch, man, the dude, I just don't know what's going on with him. You know, I'm not going to say, obviously, two of his teammates have already won races this year and Christopher Bell and Martin Truex. Uh, Denny Hamlin, the one that I probably thought would have won, has not. But, you know, it just seems like Kyle Busch used to be that driver. He gets okay. He gets into the wall. Boom. Okay. Doesn't tear up his car. Little comeback. He comes back kind of like Larson did last week, coming back from all these speeding penalties. That used to be the Kyle Busch I used to see, you know, used to nothing would phase him. Come back. Now the littlest thing just seems to phase him. And it's just, I don't know if yeah. it's a turning of the tide, if it's just, uh, with the, well, obviously he's got a new crew chief this year, but I mean, I'll admit it kind of hurts me to see Kyle Busch not, I mean, 
It's good for my pocket because I, I keep betting against them <laughs> with certain <laughs> drivers and getting them at plus money. So I'm not going to complain about that. You know, odds makers keep making Mr. Kyle Bush a favorite there, you know, going, you know, handicapping based on history. But we all know that handicapping based on history isn't going to get you shit these years or these days in NASCAR because, man, we ain't got practicing. We ain't got qualifying. True. Handicapping has been hard as hell. So your thoughts on maybe or whatever you want to go with, Mike. But I kind of just wanted to bring that up about Kyle Busch, a very profound driver in this sport that I that we love here on the comic bookies. And I yeah. mean, just to say it this way, I think, this, you know, that like. I think the sport of football is better when the Raiders are winning. I think the sport of NASCAR is a little bit better when Kyle Busch is winning. Just not all the time. Let's talk not, yeah, yeah, not all the time. <laughs> I mean, I would probably say there's tons of things to factor in. When you want to talk about current drivers, there's only five drivers that have ever won a career race here in Atlanta. Kyle Busch has two wins. Keselowski's got two wins. Kurt Busch has three wins. Kevin Harvick's got three wins. And Denny Hamlin's got one win. That's but only it. one. But only yeah, that's that's it. And only one driver, and that's Chase Elliott, has a career top ten finish, and he has finished average exactly tenth place. So when you talk, you want to talk about parity? We can I, have some damn parity because there's no one who does like absolutely phenomenal at this race. Because you know Kevin Harvick, he has he's, has three wins, but he's raced there thirty times. He has three DNFs, just as many as he does. You know, so with no practice, with no qualifying, I, I believe that this is one of the uh, races that there's not going to be. But yeah, I I don't have. Ha, has I can't Kurt, tell you what I have a pick, man. Has Kurt Busch not won there? Yeah, 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 he has he has wins there. Yeah. Okay. I said uh both I, Bush brothers, yeah. Kyle has two, Kurt has three wins. Uh Keslowski's got two, Kevin Harvick's got three, and Danny Hamlin has oh, a has one win. Geez. Yeah, so, so, so those five current five. drivers. That's it. You know? That's it. it. And to, if you guys want to get into some odds real quick, to bring them yeah. to you. Kevin Harvick is that favorite at five and a half to one with Martin Truex. Remember, Martin Truex is really good coming or, you know, getting into these cookie cutter one and a half mile tracks. Yeah. But there goes Kyle Larson sitting there next at six to one. And I'm going to be looking for Kyle Larson to play some damn with this. The way he's been running with this worn out sur surface, I'm definitely not going to be betting against them, but we'll be looking to him in some matchups, especially maybe even against a Truex or a Harvick, because if this guy's not going to really? be beating himself, yes. I mean, I think that this worn out service is really going to play in the hands of him. And I like Keselowski also at seven. He had a great car last week. He just, you know, he kept it like pretty much in the top five all day. Couldn't just really you know, compete with the Larsons and the Truexes, but he's always good here. I like Logano. I just don't think the surface fits him as well. Um, you said Alex Bowman, man. We mentioned him earlier at 28 to 1. Do I think he can make it happen? I think that this, I think this surface, I think this track, I think just the whole style of this race and the quick trips, Fold of Honor 500, I just think it suits the more experienced drivers, if you will. So I'd be looking to the... Yeah to the, uh, you know, the upper echelon drivers, you know, maybe even a Blaney at 14 to one, probably going at longer odds, but I probably wouldn't be looking at much further than that or a Kurt Busch at 22 to one. That's decent as well, but 
Uh, this track is always tricky, man. Yeah. Tires, or, I mean, they fall off three seconds on eight, ten laps. You know, it's just that mm-hmm. these uh, this rat this track is one of the most probably the most worn out, other than California, that we might not see again. But this track is just deadly on tires, and it makes it fun for the fans to watch. Yeah, if you don't like Kevin Harvick as far as his you know recent history in you know this season's concerned, I mean he's it. There's no wonder why he's the odds-on favorite to win. He's got 377 laps led in the last three races, but Martin Truex Jr. has three top-five finishes the last three seasons here with no wins. So he's definitely due for a win. So I'd take MTJ to go back-to-back in Atlanta or uh, Keselowski. I do like your odds. I, I do like your um, um, sorry, your value on Keslow. But, but- but look at look at all the stats on Harvick also going into last week in Phoenix. I mean, we know he's the Phoenix King, nine True. wins that's or something I, like that. That's why I and, agree with you. I was like, yeah, there's something about him. I, I don't, totally agree with you. That's why even with these numbers, two wins in the last three races and almost 400 laps left. Yeah. And it's not, and, and it's not that Harvick wasn't competitive. I mean, he kept it in sixth, seventh, eighth. He just couldn't really seem to crack that top mm-hmm. five all, all day long. But We'll see, man. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely excited, man. Definitely yeah. excited. We know NASCAR is, uh, especially when it starts to get into the summer summer months. I love it. So rounding out the uh, sports section, rounding out the actual podcast, let's do it. So so March Madness starts. Uh, it's not like your regular year. The COVID year, it happens. So finally, we get a March Madness NCAA basketball tournament that starts 2021. We didn't get one in 2020, and 2019 was, you know, was a good year as well. So let's do it, man. So Thursday is not the start of the tournament. Thursday is the play-in games, and the tournament starts on Friday. Everything's from Indianapolis. Bros, what are you looking at? I know we're talking throughout the day. This is like a, <laughs> this is like a, you know, one minute from me, two minutes from you, two minutes from Sean, and it's, oh, there's a five-minute segment on the on on March Madness. I know I can speak for just myself, but uh, not a lot of college basketball watching. I watched a few of the games, like you know the Gonzaga game. I watched. Uh, I actually caught some of the Illinois Ohio State games like uh, a week or two ago when Illinois had the nice comeback against Ohio State. So the overall. Um, number one seed Gonzaga. Can they finally get it done? Can they finally get the, you know, the, can they finally get it off their, you know, what's the saying? The, the, the mon- snide off. Yeah. Their back. Yeah. The monkey off their back, back or whatever. Can they finally get it done? Or someone like, you know, Illinois or uh, Baylor, you know, you got Houston at number two, Alabama, there you go. Iowa coming out. So Ohio state, like, like, what do you say? Like, are we going to see some upsets? Uh, do you see something outside of a one or two, or is it going to be kind of the thing where it's, Oh, it's still, still technically kind of a coronavirus year. So you're going to see some of the cream of the crop rise to the top. And we're going to get like, you know, nothing but ones and twos in the final four. Yeah, it's crazy. I wish I would have saw some of these Dan. I actually wish I would have saved some of these snaps as I was, uh, kind of going through them uh our guy chris felica from espn was actually giving out some great content early on in the week via twitter on stats and he gave out how many times um all four um number one seeds have made the final four since Mm -hmm. like the 80s and i think it was one time and it was uh it, it was like two or three times that three of them have made it and I mean, it's just crazy to think that a lot of these times, these number one seeds and whatnot, like really don't make it. It's just that's what we love about this tournament. We obviously didn't have it last year. I think that 
kind of ask the fact while I'm kind of agreeing with you on that I haven't watched too many games. If, you know, obviously our fans here on the Comic Bookies podcast have, you know, haven't really heard us talk much about college basketball all year. But nonetheless, when the tournament starts, baby, this is one of the best times to be in Vegas, this in the Super Bowl. So let's get into it, man. Gonzaga, your number one seed coming out of the West region. I think that it scares me to take them. This is the team that I am probably going to be riding with three of the best players in the country, Mike. Yep. I, th- I think that if they get to that final four, if they get to the I'm probably not going to be looking at them too much, you know, to be playing in these uh, rounds because I think that they're going to be heavy favorites. And I always hate laying the chalk on some of these heavy favorites in these tournaments and what have you. But mm-hmm. I think that if we get into these latter stages of this tournament, the final fours, the elite eights, you know, obviously the championship can, can make it there. I believe that that is going to be the team that I'm going to be, you know, rooting for with my with, with my tax earned dollars. But, I mean, there's so many teams, man. But even before we mention the teams that are actually in it, Mike, can we mention the teams that got snubbed? I mean, (laughs) how crazy. Or the teams that dropped out because of COVID. That's right. But how crazy is it that we don't have a Kentucky? We don't have a Duke. We don't have an Arizona. I mean, these are like perennial, like, you know, obviously perennial uh, contenders every year to make this tournament, if not advanced to sweet 16s and elite eights, man. But we got, you know, I'm looking here at the bracket. I haven't filled one out, Mike. I don't know if you have yet. I know your brother was on the brink of uh, uh, believing that Baylor was going to take it all this morning. Baylor is obviously a very good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one thing I do like about Baylor is that other than your brother, I'm not hearing too much noise about it. About them, I hear a lot about the Oklahoma States. I hear a lot about, you know, even a little bit about an Alabama. Michigan has been brought up a lot, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think that going into this bracket, from what I know, I think I'm gonna kind of stick to what has well brought me money in the past. Uh, and that's like kind of going with those mid-range seeds. You know how I'm a sucker for that lucky seven type of seed. Yeah. And uh, many, many years, not many, many years ago, but in 2014, we rode the number seven Yukon Husky seed, you know, all the way to the championship when they beat that Florida State and uh, Scotty Wilbekin led, you know, uh, not Florida State, but Florida team. And man, that was just, I mean, I remember we rode them all the way since like the Sweet 16. I remember, man, I remember that. Would they be Iowa State? And then they got to play, and it was at Florida. I just remember the whole run. I forgot who they played in. No, they they played Florida in the championship. But it was just a crazy run as a seven seed. Ever since then, I've just kind of came to love seven seeds. Well, they're a seven seed this year. (laughs) They're a seven seed this year. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at it right now, (laughs) and I'm like, wow, man. I just... I, if I could see UConn, those are one of my beloved teams down, you know, they're hopefully if they can get past 10 Maryland, they're going to have to probably play number two Alabama, which is going to be really hard for them. But if they can beat that number two Alabama and get into that sweet 16, that's going to be a team I'm going to be looking at, Mike. San Diego State getting in via winning their conference championship against Utah State. 
I took them in that game. Very proud of the way they played with their four losses on the season coming in at a six seed against Syracuse. We all know Jim Bayhide teams are always competitive in this damn tournament, but I kind of like San Diego State as well to try to, you know, probably take on West Virginia in that bracket that's probably going to beat Moorhead State. Mike, mm-hmm. do you like? Uh, I'll tell you about another sleeper that I like. But uh, you tell me one that you're eyeing, man, before I get into um, my... Not technically a sleeper, but Loyola, Chicago, I'm looking at right now because I'm seeing news that Georgia Tech star Moses Wright, the ACC Player of the Year, will miss the first-round game. So, like, I don't know what either team's going to do against Illinois because Illinois is going to be, you know, Drexel. But, yeah, I would go with definitely Loyola, Chicago, just because, yeah, Chicago, you know, Georgia, he's, he's out. So, but... Oregon State, you, you mentioned before we even record Oregon State, they won the yes. Pac-12. Is that that, you know, classic 5-12 matchup? Like how many 12s are going to win this year? How many 13s are going to win this year? 11s. Is a 14, 15, or 16 going to win? You know, it's 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 this is going to be a weird year. This is going to be one where I can fill out a bracket right here, but I wouldn't do too much betting because to me it's still kind of a COVID year where it's uh. like you, know, you, really, you really don't know. You know, I'm actually, you know, I kind of beg to differ. I kind of see yeah. a couple. I think I'm going to see a couple good matchups that I'm actually going to be kind of fond of. You know, you mentioned that Oregon State team, but and I'm actually looking at an Oregon team. I mean, I think I saw another stat that they've seven. They they another seven. They another there it is another seven baby. You see how I'm just I didn't even realize that. Thank you for spitting it out to me. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm just drawn to these sevens. But for some reason, Oregon going up against ten VCU if they mm-hmm. advance, which I think they have a good chance of. Uh, regard in case in regards to their their track record with uh, Dana Altman over there leading the charge as a as um as coach but i think that oregon has advanced out of the first round each of the last like five six seven times that they've been in the tournament so this team is really good at advancing out of this first round the only problem is that they're going to be facing most likely the number two iowa hawkeyes and matt garza probably going for one of the players of the year this year um, and I just don't know how good Oregon's going to be able to fare against Iowa, but if they can get into that round of, thir- you know, 32 and actually beat Iowa as that seventh seed going mm-hmm. into the round of 16, the sweet 16, eventually, you know, probably playing Kansas because Kansas is probably going to be playing USC in that round of 32 to get into the 16th. So Oregon yeah. against Kansas, that's going to be a pretty good matchup. And like I said, Advance and win, man. And if Oregon can just keep on advancing and winning, that might be a team that could be sneaky, sneaky to get into this Elite Eight, man. And, you know, I I don't know, man. I I like another team here that I'm seeing a 12. You talked about a 512 earlier. Let's give it up for those gauchos, baby. There you go. Those gauchos, man. Shout out out to... uh, Shout out to the gouches, man, out there in Santa Barbara. This DP team, I, Del Playa, Del Playa, Del Playa Street. I owe t- Jim Rome. Where you at? Stand up. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If they win the whole tournament, there's couches gonna be burning. If they lose in the first round, couches will be burning. That's the only guaranteed thing down in Santa Barbara. <laughs> I mean, this team. I always mention every year, man. I love to see these smaller Southern California teams compete because I feel like there's so many of them that. 
they're just they're just ballers down there. You got like UC Irvine, you get the UC Santa Barbara's, you get the Cal Irvines, you get the Fullertons, you get the um the light the Loyola the Loyola whatever you know. But I just <laughs> Marymount, feel yeah. Loyola Marymounts and whatnot. I just feel like you got a lot of these good. You get the Long Beaches, the Long Beach states out there, you know. The San Diego states, the San Diego. I just feel like you get all these great teams coming out of like Southern California that play for like these smaller conferences and whatnot that always kind of can make a little bit of a push. Santa Barbara this year winning their conference tournament, you know, with like I believe they had four losses on the year. I I mean, these gauchos, the only thing that scares me is that Creighton, they obviously lost, they got pounded in the conference tournament by you know georgetown to lose that the final so i think creighton is going to be playing with a little bit of chip on their shoulder because they got pounded so hard but nonetheless man i'm all for these california you know teams santa barbara and pac-12 and i mean in particular that's why i like the oregon and the oregon states but it's just crazy, man. I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a lot more after we after we actually watch a couple of these games because yeah. let's not get it mistaken, fans. We might not watch too much college basketball during the regular season, but when this damn tournament starts, you know damn well the comic bookie is going to have their eyes about it. And, and their pocketbooks glued to these games, baby. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, if, if, if I were to pick one 5-12 matchup to, for an upset 12 to win, give me Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas. To beat the Colorado yes, Buffs. You better respect Patrick when he's walking into the garden. Hell yeah, dude. So, <laughs> so with that, um, enjoy this weekend's games. We'll be back on Wednesday, the what's that gonna be the twenty-fourth to preview what looks like the sweet sixteen in the in the Elite Eight game. So that does it for sports and that does it for the episode one oh four live recording. Comic Boogie's podcast was here and it's about to be gone. Mark, take us away, my brother. The Comic Bookies podcast about to be gone. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, boys and girls. Thank you, fans from all over the world for joining us tonight on episode 104. Once again, like we always say it this time, please tell your brothers, please tell your sisters, please tell your moms, your aunts, your daddies too. This is the Comic Bookies podcast. You guys can catch us at thecomicbookies at gmail.com, at thecomicbookies on Instagram, Twitter, all social And just kind of vibe with us, please. Leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you like us or dislike us. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We're here for the fans. We're here to interact with you guys. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of our lives as we enjoy being part of your guys' lives every single Wednesday, every single week with you guys. So thank you. Drop us a line and enjoy the week ahead. Thank you, comic bookie fans. But yes, sir, Mark, thank you so much. Um, I've really appreciated this episode 104. Um, Dude, two years in the books, and there is no stopping TCB, no stopping the comic bookies. We are here for you, the fans, to give you the best content as we collide the worlds of sports and comics every single week. Mark, a few stats for you. I have no new countries to stamp on the uh, comic bookie passport, but I do have a couple regions in the last 10 episodes. Thank you so much. The region I, I can't really look up specifically, but New York 
Washington, D.C., specifically Hagerstown, Dayton, Ohio, and the Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem area. Thank you so much for all of the downloads. This is, of course, besides the biggest San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose area. But um, for Sean, who will be back with us next week, and it won't be Mickey Mouse, it'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be Sean. Uh, that is Mark. My name is Mike. This has been the Combogies Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us live on YouTube and Twitch. Please subscribe and follow to watch us week in and week out. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace out. Have a great weekend. Peace. And always enjoy each other. And just remember, like the great Balvano said, just advance, survive in advance, baby. That's all you got to do. Not only in the tournament, but in life, baby. It's all about advancing. You survive 2020, and you're going to survive 2021, baby. Thank you, T fans. We love you. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,